0: It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. It's Chris Bavona with your Make It Rain fantasy sports news update. Let's start off. In the NFL, multiple league sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter and Field Yates the New England Patriots and quarterback Tom Brady are finalizing a contract extension. The two-year extension keeps Brady under contract through the 2021 season and will pay him $23 million this year, that $8 million increase for 2019 will make Brady the sixth highest paid quarterback in the league, tying him with Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints. The Patriots, in turn, get an additional $5.5 million of salary cap space this year. Uh, and the deal will be adjusted each year Brady continues play, uh, playing. Brady would have become an unrestricted free agent after the 2019 season. He had been set to make 15 million dollars just this year, and uh, guys, his extension came up uh, just two days after his 42nd birthday. Another NFL news: Ezekiel Elliott missed his 10th day of Dallas Cowboys training camp on Sunday. But it's not like the running back is out of sight or out of mind. Quarterback Dak Prescott said he has talked with Elliott since camp started. Uh, running back's coach Gary, Gary Brown has also done the same. Prescott, however, uh, said he would not ask Elliott to report because uh, the Cowboys need him, saying, quote, uh, friendship is friendship and business is business you don't cross those at the start of camp Elliot went to Cabo San Lucas San Lucas Mexico according to sources uh to work out he went there during his, uh there during his 6 game suspension in 2017 as well the Cowboys
1: continued to have discussions with uh the agents of Elliot Prescott I wonder if there are any techno festivals in Cabo coming up cuz Joe I agree with you you ain't working out in a place where you can't drink the water Right, so I wonder no. if there's some EDM festivals going on. Uh, you know, I mean, it's clear that my man likes himself. Our friend named Molly, but yeah, he I loves digress. a little
2: EDM. He really, really does. And there is a big festival coming in Mexico, but I don't. I think it's in Cancun. I not don't think it's Not uh, Cabo. Yeah, all right. Yeah,
0: all right. I mean, you could drink the bottled water, but of course,
2: I'm
1: just saying. God knows workout, what's laced in that too. try to get yourself in tip top uh, <laughs> That's not. That's not. That's not like inclusive. You know, for it's not mm. the greatest environment. But hey. <laughs> No. Whatever, no. I have not no. led the NFL in rushing two of my only three years in the league. So what do I know?
0: Got to remember though, guys. During this whole time, press uh, Prescott and receiver Amari Cooper uh, are on are also been have also been trying to uh, get contract extensions as well. On Saturday, executive vice president Stephen Jones uh, joked he could not get Elliott's reps to call him back. He also had discussions with Cooper. Uh, have not picked up since the New Orleans Saints signed Michael Thomas to a five-year, $100 million deal, guys. In baseball for the second straight night, a New York Yankees win over their uh, rival Boston Red Sox was tarnished by in-game injuries. This time, please God... Infielders Glaber Torres and Gio Rochella gave the Bronx Bombers a scare when both left Sunday's game due to injuries. At the moment, the update on their Shella is promising, while it's a little more uncertainty, uh, uncertainty that's looming around uh, Torres' status, according to Yankees manager Aaron Boone. Uh, Torres left the uh, Yankee Stadium late in the uh, Yankees 7 4 win. Uh, over the Red Sox and was taken to New York Presbyterian Hospital, where he underwent tests related to a quote-unquote core issue. Uh, Boone declined to say how the injury occurred or provide any further details related to it. However, uh, uh, during the game, someone said that that this happened uh, in the first inning, even though Torres stayed in until about the eighth inning. Here uh, he uh, Boone wanted to wait until uh, the results of testing came back towards his father tweeted late Sunday night uh, that his son was being discharged and planned to travel with the Yankees for their road series opener against the Orioles. Uh, which is actually kind of good for the Yankees because we know that Gleyber Torres certainly loves hitting uh, over in Camden Yards. On the other sure s- does. Yep, on the other side of New York, Robinson Cano limped off the field Sunday with a strained left hamstring, an injury that overshadowed Noah Syndergaard's sparkling outing in a 13-2-2 of the Pittsburgh Pirates that pulled New York within one game of 500 for the first time since mid-June. Cano is to have an MRI on Monday when the Mets open a homestand with a doubleheader against your hometown team there, Joe, the Miami Marlins. A female Texas Rangers fan seated in the 25th row down the right field line in Globe Life Park was struck in the head by a Willie Calhoun liner in the first inning of the Rangers' 9-4 win over the Detroit Tigers on Sunday. Calhoun waited for a few minutes and watched as the fan was tended to at her seat before returning to the batter's box. The fan eventually uh, walked out of the seating area Accompanied by stadium personnel and was transported to a hospital for further evaluation. Uh, No update on how she's doing in the... Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to sh- skip right to yours because we are got, like, less than a minute here. Uh, in soccer news, guys, Philadelphia Union captain Alejandro Bedoya used his yeah. goal celebration in Sunday's MLS game at D.C. United to call on Congress to act on gun violence following a pair of mass shootings in the United States this weekend after scoring at Addy Field in the nation's capital. Bedoya ran toward the corner of the field, grabbed an on-field television microphone, and shouted right into it, Hey, Congress, do something now! And gun violence, let's go. I don't need to talk about what happened over the weekend. I think we all know, unless you're living under the friggin' rock.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Sorry, I didn't I mean, mean to end it like that, but you know well, something. I mean, I'm, with
1: real,
0: I'm with it. I'm
2: with
1: it. Do something real about it, you idiots. Friggin' real crazy done. time in America. Yep. Let's make it ring.
0: Mm-mm. you're listening to the fantasy sports radio network
2: let it ride you remember the class where i taught you all how to make it rain make it rain dollar dollar bills y'all All right. Here we go. Final hour. Make it rain. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Raneri, Dane Martinez on this August the 5th. Wow. Unbelievable. Monday, August the 5th, 2019. NFL preseason football week one for the rest of us. Outside of Atlanta and Denver, we finally get a first look at our favorite teams and what they look like and all of that good stuff. That's happening Thursday this week. We'll have NFL Thursday, Friday, Saturday, repeat, uh, rinse and repeat, obviously, the following week. We've also got monster Major League Baseball interleague matchups here where it just so happens to work out that all the teams that seem to be vying uh, for that wild card spot in the playoffs all seem to be battling each other uh, on the road this week uh, in the National League ballpark. It's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. We will have. Of course, some of our favorite make it rain plays uh, coming up also. And uh, I, I, I don't know, Dan, you know, listen, I've gone to a lot of baseball games in my life. Yeah, I've huh? always seen the radar gun at a baseball game. You know, they have the little booth set up with, hey, throw a baseball sure. and we'll register. you." Yeah. yeah I, I've never seen a and dude actually get signed. get signed to a major <laughs> league contract <laughs> because he like crow hopped and threw 96 miles an hour. Uh, but that's exactly what you've got going on. The Oakland A's continue just to do things where nobody else uh, seems to want to do them. They've been, uh, they've had their eye on a guy that's, I guess, done this a couple of times here. Once at a minor league facility of theirs, also at a uh, at a Colorado Rockies game that he happened to be attending. And they wasted no time. They've actually signed him to a contract. He's thrown uh, 95, 96. He's been He's been working his way back from a previous injury that he had. The dude's name is Nathan Peterson, uh, Patterson rather. And those of you that didn't see it, I mean, this was this was basically him throwing at a Colorado Rockies game. They filmed it. It went viral. And it dude, mm-hmm. looking at I me, mean, he's he's crow hopping, dude. The ball ninety four, ninety five. Yep. I mean, it's not like he's throwing from the
1: windup. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but hey, hey took, more power brother. to him no power took, to man. him. Every yeah, time man. I do that at the boardwalk these days, i I, I hurt my arm, my shoulder and elbow for the week.
2: And I tell you, I might have to take a nap just watching this, man. but uh, congratulations, it. brother. He is now officially in Oakland A. could get it up to there
1: Fantasy freestyle. Trent Williams, I think he is going to get traded. I think the Houston Texans may want to be interested in a guy like Trent Williams. Remember, they've got Sean Watson and remember, his ribs, no good. He's got to ride a bus sometimes, okay? I think the Texans and the Jets could be involved for a potential Trent Williams deal. Washington football team signed tackle Donald Penn as insurance because they damn sure go on Eric Flowers blocking the blind side of potential rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Watch live
0: Mondays and Thursdays, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the FNTSY YouTube channel.
4: 888-
3: that's thebestdate100.com one more time. Thebestdate100.com.
2: All right, welcome in here, make it rain. I'm on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Joe and Jane Dane Martinez, as we uh, as we start another week. In Major League Baseball, the quest to try and get to the playoffs, of course, get to the postseason, get to the World Series. Uh, It is amazing uh, what what has happened over the last week with the Boston Red Sox, who just a week ago today, in fact, last Monday, they were tied with the Tampa Bay Rays. They had just looked so dominant over the New York Yankees, uh, winning three out of four in ridiculous fashion, too, by the way, just smacking down. The Yankees, they were tied with Tampa Bay starting last Monday for that wild card spot. And then that was it. Uh, They ended up losing eight straight games last week, not only getting swept by the Rays, getting swept by the Yankees this week. And now all of a sudden, they find themselves in just one week, six and a half games out of the wild card spot. Now, it truly is in one week, Dane, a remarkable fall from where they were just. Seven days ago. Now, if I'm a glass half full guy, I got to look at this and say, "Listen, it took one week, right? We were tied, we're six and a half. There's still seven weeks left to go. We can turn this thing around." Now, I will say this: It's not like they're not hitting. All right, over the last forty games, they're almost hitting three hundred as a team. They got an eight seventy five OB. They can score runs with the best of them. Hitting is not the issue. Starting pitching is the issue for them. Bullpen is the issue for them. Uh, And unless you can get Chris Sale and David Price to start winning games, it's going to be a tough road ahead. But are you willing at this point on a Monday, August 5th, in your mind, uh, are the Red Sox done?
1: Are they done? No, because you're right, Joe. They, you know, they lost every game last week in here somewhere. They could go on a, you know, they could go on an eight and two stretch. And the difference is, and that's the reason I, I worded the poll question the way I did, they would still have less teams to hop over than say a San Francisco Giants than say a New York Mets. And I think that is very important. Like if you go ahead and spurn it around and play great ball. Could you, you know, make hay? And you you have a better chance to do that when you don't have to hop over three, four, five, six teams. So I do think it's still possible. But I think the pitching is really the concern. The same way I was worried about the Yankees pitching, Joe. You know, as we get closer and closer to o- October and postseason play, I think the important shifts away from that mashing lineup that you may or may not have to do you have the, the pitching you need in a short series against a great option offense, right? And so the fact that that's still the issue for Boston causes concern. The fact that that's still an issue, even for teams like the Yankees causes concern. And that's why we're zoning in on teams like Houston with their pitching. We believe in even Cleveland because of pitching, right? We talk about, oh, the Mets, what they can run out there. It, it As we start to get to October, the emphasis shifts more towards pitching and it doesn't look right now like the Red Sox have it. Yeah. And if you look
2: at the the race in the American League, obviously, Yankees now very comfortably ahead uh, there in the American League. Don't think it'll be a problem. To, even with the injuries, they keep, you know, They get a guy to get hurt, they get a fill-in. That fill-in gets hurt, the other guy comes back. It's really interesting the way this year has worked for the Yankees. Uh, even when they haven't gotten the starting pitching, they've been able to hit their way out of those scenarios, and the bullpen has been able to hold it steady. But when you look at this, you've got the Oakland A's being the Oakland A's again, quietly just winning games and winning series. And now they find themselves just a half a game back. We knew Tampa Bay had the pitching and yet they lost glass now and they lose Snell. And yet here they are still, they won't go away. Tampa Bay made a couple of interesting moves at the deadlines. They bring in Aguiar from the Brewers. Now all of a sudden he's mashing for them. Quietly, Tampa Bay as well, won't go anywhere. Right. There's the Yankees, there's Tampa, there's Oakland. And then you start going down the list. You've got to look at Cleveland. Here's the thing that that scares me with Cleveland. They just won another series, right? Swept the Angels over the weekend. But yeah. the problem is the entire month that they managed to, to win their way back into contention here against Minnesota, they've gone 14-2 and two against Detroit, Kansas City, Toronto, Kansas City again and now Anaheim. Um okay, you you beat the crap teams, um which is nice. You you've got to you got to win those games, which they've had no problem doing it. But yet when you look at their lineup coming up, they're playing, oh, I don't know. They played the Astros for a mini series in there and got smoked. They got the Yankees coming up. They've got oh, the Red Sox coming up. I as good as Cleveland may be against the bad teams. I got to see what Cleveland does against the better competition, because all they have beaten up here over the last month are are those teams who, listen, combine, let's be realistic. They're terrible and they should win those games. But uh, we had a glimpse what they did against Verlander and what they did against, uh, you know, the Houston Astros. And it didn't look that good at home.
1: Yeah, and then that's why, Joe, they went out and got Yasiel Puig, Franmil, Reyes, mm-hmm. you know, and, yep. and don't look now, but Jose Ramirez is back to like 245 he's hitting. This is a guy that was hitting yep. 195 going into the All-Star break. I know because I have shares of him as a first-round pick, you know, and he's now rated as like the 130th player where he was like in the 600s, so he continues to get hot. The problem is we thought Salazar would be the plug-and-play, remember, Joe, for Bauer, and he, you know, had four yep. innings and is now back. Back on the DL. So we'll see if the pitching, but I think the Indians realized that, and that's why they went out and got some bats about a week ago. Um, so let's see what, let's see how they stack up now.
2: Yeah, starting Thursday, they'll have 11 games against the Twins, Red Sox, and Yankees. So hey, I, I think we'll have, you know, Indian fans. I know, uh, you know, our boy Rich there in the chat room, I'm sure he's, he's, he loves yeah. his Indians. And listen, you got to be able to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. It's why the Yankees are what they are right now is that they've done a great job of that this year, whether it be on the road or at home. The Indians have done it, but at the same time, I think this next these next 11 games uh, starting on Thursday, they take on the Rangers here for a short set to start the week. But, man, you bring in the Twins. You bring in the Red Sox, the Yankees. Yeah. Let's see where you match up because I think ultimately you bring in Puig, who, listen, is a bigger name than I think he is, impact player for that team in that lineup. It's not like he came in hitting 290 with 40 bombs. I mean, eh, he is what he, does he is. He 20-some-odd. I, mean, I think Camille you know. is actually better. I think that's the, the better pickup there. But let us see at the, you know, well, let's talk in, in 11 games down the road here. Let's figure out what Cleveland is because can they catch Minnesota? I mean, of all those teams in the American League, the Red Sox, okay, we know what they got to do. But who do you trust the most out of those teams in order to be able to hold on? Do you trust Tampa? Do you trust the Indians? Do you think Oakland has what it takes? Is it
1: just a three-team race? Yeah, no, no. I, I like the way you frame it, Joe. Of those teams, I have the most faith in the Cleveland Indians right now. Indians uh, up against up against Tampa, Oakland, and Boston. You know, I think you're right. This is a tougher stretch of their schedule. We saw what Boston did when they went through that same kind of gauntlet, right? They went mm. 0 and 10. <laughs> you know or whatever it is. Right. Let's see what Cleveland does, right? Like you said, if they have Minnesota, Boston, the Yankees, whatever, let's see if they go 5 and 5 through that stretch Joe and maintain their wild card lead, you know, if we're if we're talking about the Traverse stakes in a couple of weeks Joe and you know Cleveland is still holding firm as the number one wild card right. yep I'm cool with that because you know what else will happen Corey Kluber will be coming back around that time as well so we mm-hmm. saw that the Red Sox couldn't get through the gauntlet and it impacted them in the wild card standings let's see what happens when the Indians do it not to mention I just talked about the Oakland A's have like the Cubs this week right in that interleague matchup the twins are another one they have the break. Coming into town this week, and Soroka on the hill tonight. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like, let's see. You know, the, the Red Sox, you know, showed themselves to be a little, yeah. little fugazi. Let's see about the Indians in the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah it's a. This is going to be
2: the next couple of weeks. Going to be a, a huge stretch for a lot of these teams battling. And, and by the same time, what are, what are the Twins going to do? Will the Twins right. continue to maintain their situation? A team that everyone keeps waiting for the starting pitching to fall over a cliff, right? We're waiting for Rizzi to blow up. We're waiting for Gibson to blow up. Like, we're we're waiting always for this team, Barrios, to implode, but yet they still haven't imploded. And the next two weeks is gonna go a long way to figuring out yep. how for real the twins are. So, we'll take a look at some of these numbers here coming into tonight's games. Plus, we'll talk a little NFL training camps. Especially the guys who aren't there. We'll do that next year. Mm-hmm. Stupid.
3: Go to
0: GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Indeed knows finding
3: the right hire takes time away from your business.
0: Hiring a qualified data engineer felt like a second job.
3: More job seekers use Indeed than any other site, so there's no better place to find someone with the skills
0: you're looking for. I needed someone with a master's in computer science and database experience. Plus, Indeed screener questions help you find your shortlist fast. Now I'm back to having just one job. See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com. Slash higher. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS best players. Join dailyrodo.com. A morning after. LeBron being the above-it-all
4: type of guy that isn't bothered by this type of stuff, of course. Has uh, tweeted, all right, all right, enough is enough. The throne has been played with too much. I ain't for horseplay. <laughs> Ether coming soon. The throne?
0: Who the hell do you think you are? What, you think this is Game of Thrones? You think winter's coming? Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
2: So it may be time to put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account at FanDuel, Jersey's largest sports book. If you head over to FanDuel.com forward slash grid right now, you can receive a free bet of up to five hundred dollars. That is right. A free bet. Up to 500 bucks simply by opening a sports wagering account at fanduel.com forward slash grid. Whether it's point spread, game totals, props, parlays, in game wagering, College of Pro sports, you are always in control. Just go to FanDuel.com forward slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, in New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure you check out the website for details. And welcome in here to Make It Rain on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll have our Make It Rain plays of the day coming up here in about 15 minutes. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri, and uh, I wanted to ask you, by the way, because I know you had the uh, the big draft here uh, over on Friday when we last spoke for you. You had the number one yeah. pick. All right. You yep. said you were going with Saquon. I'm curious. What went two and three in your draft? Overall? Yeah. Yeah. You were Saquon, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what what came sure. here? I'm wondering what the top three
1: were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. I have it up here. I did, in fact, go Saquon Barkley, number one. Uh, The top four went the way I told you it would go. I told you who the top four guys were, and the order in which they went was I drafted uh, Saquon Barkley. Then Mm -hmm. Jake Seeley, formerly of this network, now in The Athletic, went Christian McCaffrey, two. Tim Heaney of Rotowire at number three, drafted Alvin Kamara, and then Jen Ryan of the football diehards then saw Ezekiel Elliott still staring there at her at number four and drafted Zeke. The rest of the first round was then David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, six, Devontae Adams, seven, James Conner, eight. DeAndre Hopkins, 9, Michael Thomas, 10, Joe Mixon, 11, and then finishing the first round on the turn, Mike Randall from the Action Network had back-to-back picks, took two wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster and Julio Jones to start his team. Pretty
2: much. Uh, I mean, no big. So it doesn't sound like any major Correct. surprises for the first yep. uh, for the first round. Right. I mean, that pretty right. much went according to form. Uh, right. Is, there, is there a play in there? You would. Is there somebody that you said, I'm shocked is still on the board by the time the second round
1: came? No, not really. I, you know, I would have had Juju. I would have taken Julio before Juju. I would have taken Juju. a couple of other wideouts before Juju, but the guy had back-to-back picks and wound up with Juju and Julio. So you can't be mad at that. The biggest thing on this one, Joe, and we were on SiriusXM kind of being like getting pick-by-pick analysis and getting interviewed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is this is a super flex format, okay? And so you could put a quarterback in your flex. So most teams, you need to roster draft at least two quarterbacks. And so where the quarterbacks were going, because you know how I always say wait on quarterbacks, Joe? That's slightly different in this kind of format. So where the quarterbacks went and the kind of priority on that was kind Mm -hmm. of an interesting narrative throughout the draft. I wound up getting quarterbacks a lot earlier than I usually do in the fifth and sixth round. And I wound up with Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers as my quarterbacks. Oh, very nice. All right. Those were quarterbacks. And and Wentz was the ninth quarterback off the board. And this for context, Phillip Rivers was the 19th quarterback drafted, Joe. Wow. 19th quarterback drafted. That's why I say you could wait. I got Phillip Rivers as the 19th quarterback off the board. Wow. Okay? So wait. Even in this format, Carson Wentz was QB 9 off the board.
2: And I'm curious. The number one you said was was Mahomes was the first quarterback eventually
1: to yeah, get quarterbacks, the quarterback? Sure. Uh, yeah. Mahomes, Watson, Luck as three, then Mayfield, Ryan, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray. And then get this. Aaron Rodgers was the eighth quarterback off the board, but it even just speaks to this. It even speaks to this, Joe. Like, if you like your guy, you never know how it's going to break out. Somebody will be there sitting, staring at you in the face, right? right? Like, would I have taken Rodgers ahead of Cam Newton? Yes. Would I have taken Mm -hmm. him ahead of Kyler Murray? Yes. Would I have taken him ahead of Baker? Yes. But all it takes is one person out of the 12 or 14 or whatever in your league to like a guy, like Mm -hmm. like. Cam Newton, you know, understand the settings in this league, maybe lean a little bit towards the running quarterback. So maybe that's why right. Cam and Kyler went ahead. But that's who people, Russell Wilson was the 11th quarterback off the board. Mm, yeah, like, which is you crazy. That's someone, just wait. You'll, someone mm. will fall in your lap.
2: Yep. Patience, guys, patience. Bottom line, there will absolutely be somebody there that you probably
1: didn't expect to be there. Absolutely. So. Don't panic and don't screw yourself. Drew Brees, 17th quarterback off the board. Yes.
2: Yeah. You just every breathe, everyone breathe. It always happens that way because just when you think, you know, what the guy in front of you is going to do, he doesn't. And then, boom, you've got yourself uh, the guy that you've been looking at the (laughs) entire time.
1: Yards these days, right? It's a passing Mm -hmm. league, right? Yeah. So the difference between whoever finishes, you know, seventh in the NFL in passing yards, and whoever finishes thirteenth in the NFL in passing yards, is probably like a difference of what, like 200 yards? You split that over 17 weeks in a season. We're talking about a difference of like 15 yards a game. What is that? Half a fantasy point? That's the that's the difference here, Joe. Okay. So there's much greater leverage. At the other point in time, like when everybody could be drafting quarterbacks, I'm drafting Cooper Cup. I'm drafting on Johnson, and that's mm-hmm. the difference because the gap there to the receive the running backs receivers you would get later is far bigger than like you know 15 passing yards a game.
2: It's interesting too because you have to, and yeah, here we are. We haven't played the Thursday night will be the first slate of uh, preseason games for a lot of teams, and yet. There are amazingly some early on question marks from teams we've been telling you about all week. This The idea that Andrew Luck has had a knee issue, uh, or a calf issue rather, since April, uh, that's still affecting him here. Although, listen, it's easy to say, it's still, guys, we got plenty of time. Yeah, I get it. But this is since April. We're still talking about a calf issue. We're still talking, as everyone keeps telling me, we're going to get the deal done. We're going to get... Well, Zeke Elliott ain't there. Melvin Gordon still ain't there, guys. We've got Antonio Brown with some of the funkiest ass feet I have ever (laughs) seen. And I'm still going to post this up here. And somebody please explain to me what the hell that is. But he's seeing a foot specialist. And, I mean, how in the hell does that happen? And like you said earlier, you pointed out, you're talking about a guy Now joining a new team with a new quarterback. This is the important time for guys like this. Guys that are in camp right now trying to work on reps and timing. And this man's got some funky ass. That is just nasty is what that is. But that, again, is what he's been posting over the week. He hasn't been in camp, guys. He hasn't been practicing with anybody because of his feet. So when you put all of these things together...
1: It's amazing. Maybe the thing that we should be talking God about are the break. Teams. His toes and reset them. Doesn't like, it look I, like I they have, have to it. break the toes right. and then reset them? Like, that thing's fine. I mean, you I don't gotta, know. Like, I'm not a doctor. shave
2: the feet.
1: Like, you got to do like, going
2: on there. I, that's just, that's just nasty. Just like beyond nasty. But maybe the thing that we should be talking about, Dane, is all the people we're not talking about with new teams. Guys like, I don't know. Mm. Le'Veon Bell, who we haven't heard a peep from. We all, you know, Le'Veon Bell just going through the drills, going through practices, guys with new teams. It's amazing to me. We're already just a couple of weeks into camp. And some of the storylines, whenever you tell me, ah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm worried. I I tend to be worried. And maybe the one that worries me the most is Andrew Luck uh with that calf injury because it's happened since april so which one of these things do you look at and go may not be as oh it's going to be okay
1: as everyone wants us to think it is if i had to pick out of the ones like which my most uh concerned for like week one i guess um i don't i don't think this melvin gordon chargers thing ends well um that's the one for me i don't think melvin gordon and like you know i'm 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 planning out my poll question for Fantasy Freestyle tonight and that's gonna be my poll question. Week one of the NFL season, where is Melvin Gordon? Playing for the Chargers, holding out, or playing for someone else. That's the one that I think doesn't have an end in sight. And you're right, Joe. It's time to start worrying. Like, this time last year, people were still drafting Le'Veon Bell in the top three in fantasy, being like, oh, he'll definitely be back by week one. You know? Exactly. Two years ago, everybody was saying, oh, don't worry about Andrew Luck's shoulder. He'll be fine for week one. He'll be there. What happened? They missed all year, right? So when you talk about these guys, whether it's Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott, Andrew Luck, Trent Williams, you know, the Antonio Brown, Damian Williams injuries that are lingering, is Cam Newton's shoulder truly okay? Like, maybe they are. Maybe they are, but when I'm at that high level of the fantasy draft, I'm trying to eliminate as much risk as possible. With my first, second pick, I'm looking for the safest floor. I'm going to take my flyers later on in the draft. I need my cornerstones to be stable. That's why I'm not excited about a Melvin Gordon. That's why I'm not excited about a Todd Gurley because we don't know that Damian yeah. Williams, same kind of thing, add Antonio Brown to the mix, right? And instead, you said it last week, Joe. It's these teams that are like all of a sudden drama-free. You know, yes. like you say, Pittsburgh right now, they're just humming along, right? They're just training camp, practicing. No, no news. drama. No news. <laughs> also, let me tell you another team that I think people are forgetting about and is just kind of going along their business. And in my opinion, has one of the top two rosters on paper and all of football. The Philadelphia Eagles, Joe, mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles are good at every position. Yeah. Carson Wentz is back and injury risk is a legit concern. But they seem to just be – in the NFC East, everybody's worried about, you know, Zeke and the Cowboys. Everybody's worried about how what if a dumpster fire the Giants are. This mm. team has won the Super Bowl two years ago and then had their MVP caliber um, quarterback out last year. Yep. Okay? And tell me the position group, Joe, where the Philadelphia Eagles are like subpar. I'll wait for your answer. You know what I yeah. mean? Including exactly. Including and – defensive line, and they get to come along with no drama as well. Um, I I agree with you. Time to start being concerned, and time to start looking where everything is a happy-go-lucky family.
2: Don't pull the fire alarm yet, but there are definitely concerns around the NFL. Don't be going to make no future bets until you figure out what's going on in some of these situations. We'll have our Make It Rain plays coming up next.
1: Message and data
3: rates may apply.
2: Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left the baseball,
0: I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive.
3: You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send in one simple text. Frank's right. That's Y-O-U-T-H to three two one three two one.
2: Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept. With customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today.
0: Gambling problem? Call 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility
2: restrictions apply. See website for details.
4: I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. my weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it.
2: A lot of people say
4: to me, "How did you lose the weight?" I said, "I take Andro 400 every day. I'm gonna take it forever." That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say.
0: With the promo code FNTSY, it's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at RotoExperts.com.
2: Welcome back in on a Monday here, August the 5th, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Time to make it rain as Dane Martinez and myself try to get you all squared away with some of these uh, plays tonight. Major League Baseball underway. Exciting week in Major League Baseball. As when we look at the schedule, you've got matchups. Well, a lot of questions. I mean, we'll start, of course, first and foremost, the New York Mets head home. Uh, we had an opportunity to catch that uh, the new uh, the new pitching rotation for the Mets. Here they take uh, two out of three from Pittsburgh, uh, which is good to go. Stroman doesn't pitch necessarily great on the road in Pittsburgh, but they still managed to get the win. But we've seen now what we're looking at when it comes to Wheeler, Mats, Strowman, Syndergaard yesterday, and oh yeah, now Degrom here tonight. Important series for the Mets from the standpoint they're at home. They're taking on the Marlins, who, by the way, boat raced them there a couple of months ago uh in City Field. The Marlins uh ended up sweeping the Mets. So this is one of those times where the Mets are what? They've won nine out of their last ten. You've got your ace on the mound going up against the last place team in your division, much like we talked about the Cleveland Indians. They haven't you can only play who, as our boy Rich is saying, you can only play who's in front of you, but you've right. got to win. These games, especially you got the you got to win tonight with the Grom as a minus three thirty favorite here going up against Alcantara. You need to win this game. So the Mets, yeah, they're not playing the Cubs, they're not playing uh, you know the Dodgers, but you better beat the Marlins at home. You better beat them every damn
1: game this series here, Dan. Yeah, listen, the Mets have come back into contention, right? Because what? They've gone 8-2, and 9-1. and one. They're playing 800 ball, right? And mm-hmm. that's what's required to get back. Yep. So now you have the Marlins in front of you. Like, that should be an opportunity to continue the era of good feelings, okay? Right. This is not all of a sudden, like, the gauntlet the Red Sox were seeing in their quest. What you're saying is in front of Cleveland, right? The, op- the window is still open for the Mets here. They got a doubleheader. They play a series. They're going to get a turn through that rotation, which looks impressive. They better win this series, you know what I mean? So they can stay viable and stay live. You could, like Rich says, you could only beat who's in front of you, and the Mets are lucky to have the Marlins in front of them right now when, like, you know, the Phillies are playing the Diamondbacks. You know, those are yep. two teams in front of them that are going to cancel each other out. The Nationals are playing the Giants, two teams that they need to make hay against. So they need to, you know, win three or sweep the Marlins and then hope these other teams split so they can continue to gain a couple games on the field.
2: I can tell you this right now or it's it's still early here is 8:40 uh, in the morning, but there's already money coming in on the Miami Marlins here in this game. They've already gone from a minus 350 to a minus 300 in some of these books which means Miami's getting a whole lot of money coming in not trusting uh, the Mets coming back home uh, to play at City Field yeah. against Let's face it, a Marlins team has done pretty, they're pesky and they've also had success at City Field against this team. So definitely something that you're going to want to, you guys are definitely going to want to monitor. And, and you mentioned it too with the Giants, Uh pretty big series for the Giants too, don't you think here as, you know, we've got, it. they're another one, they were hot, one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball, you know, just before the break and, and they have been yeah. after the break, but now they're at home taking on a Nationals team who quite honestly in, got embarrassed on the road by the Arizona Diamondbacks. You you send out Strasburg on Saturday, you give up 19 runs as a team there before it's all said and done. Then you give out yesterday, you, you throw Corbin out there, and you end up losing that game as well. So you lost two out of three on the road to Arizona, and you had your number one and the number two guy. Don't forget, Scherz is still on the I.L. So you get embarrassed. Now you got to keep heading west you got to go and face on their best pitcher, that being the Giants. And Samarja, who doesn't feel like he's lost in two months, he has been lights out for them. Uh, You know, again, one of these situations where, all right, Washington, you're down a man in Scherzer. What else do you have here? That's the interesting thing I'm going to look forward to. It's a pitcher's park, but Samarja going up
1: against Fetty. uh,
2: Advantage San Francisco?
1: Maybe. I mean, like, this is the thing, Joe. These things are all almost like uh, eliminators. You know what I mean? Right. It's almost like in college football, have a conference championships before we decide the playoff, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this plays out like over the next few weeks. Um, people have made their decisions on if they're going for it or not with the trading deadline last week. And now in August, in these next, like, like you say, in two or three weeks— They're going to separate themselves, okay? This idea of like six teams in the NL being within three games of the wild card is not going to be the case when we wake up after like week three of the preseason or after we're talking about who won the Travers in a few weeks, Joe, okay? Literally on Monday morning, I think it's August 26th, okay? When we're three weeks into the preseason and we know if Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott are there or not, right? And we know who wins the Travers. And then when we look at the standings, we're not gonna see six teams within three games anymore right we're not gonna see the I mean if the Red Sox will be either dead and buried or back you know and mm-hmm. in this time when they start to separate and we see contender versus contender because quite frankly Joe all like 10 teams in the National League are in fact contenders right so they're all gonna be playing each other you know yep. it's it's natural and we'll see this rich makes another good point we didn't we didn't throw shade at the twins when they were playing that kind of subpar schedule earlier in the season so so it all balances out. And now is the time to see who makes hay against these other quote unquote contenders. It's going to separate itself in the three weeks. And I'm excited to see it. Right.
2: But the twins didn't trade away their most consistent and best pitcher to date to another sure. team. And that's, that's the problem there is that you've opted to get rid of Bauer in order to be able to put a guy that's hitting, you know, two, two twenty in there. Yes. He's got 20 home runs. But let's see, you are you know, that's a lot to go. Well, Kluber is coming. Okay, well, Kluber hasn't pitched in a month and a half. Like, so there's, there's, Bauer was consistent. He was, yep. you knew what you had. The Twins tonight, for instance, Oda Rizzi going up against Soroka. You got the Braves heading over to Minnesota. And Soroka, what, rookie of the year? All sorts of uh, mm-hmm. accolades been thrown yep. his way. I can. And there's a yep. ton of money coming Minnesota's way right now as they are pretty much even money. is 110. Minnesota's even yeah, money it, tonight even. Yep. at home. So, And that's going up against a guy, Oda Rizzi, that, let's be realistic, everybody and their mother has been telling me, fade him, fade him. He's gonna, uh, that's oh.
1: why my play today is the Atlanta Braves at <laughs> minus 108 today. I'm telling that's you, Joe, Joe. And also, here's the thing. The Twins just came off of Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. they it's a step up. It's a step up in class for them. And, you know, I like Soroka. I like the matchup of Soroka versus Odorizzi. Uh, you were just saying, and if I can get them in essence even money, right now on FanDuel, Joe, they are both minus 108. Okay? And so, yeah. listen. I'm taking the Braves. That is my play today. I believe in Soroka a lot more than I believe in Oda Rizzi. And remember what we've seen in these bullpens recently. Joe, the Minnesota Twins have, like acquired a ton of relievers. Sam Dyson, one of them from San Francisco, already on the D, uh, the IL. Okay. Mm. Meanwhile, Atlanta, I like the improvements they've made. Give me Atlanta minus 108 tonight as my make it rain play of the day on the road at Minnesota.
2: Chicago Wrigley Field sending out Hendricks taking on Bassett of the Oakland A's and listen there's nothing there's no place like home there's no place like home Chicago they are a different team at Wrigley than they are on the road they've been abysmal on the road all season long but they love Wrigley Field and taking on a Oakland A's team that's just been uh, they've been lights out I mean what more can you say they've had to deal with suspensions and some guys going down and yet they still manage to win games consistently and they opened up minus 160 that being the Cubs' favorite but a lot of money coming in early on the Oakland A's tonight to be able to get the job done on the road it's a night game it's not an afternoon game uh so the win not necessarily going to be that big a factor but another one of these games where listen Chicago you are leading the Central now but you've got the Cardinals, the, they are all chasing you right behind there. They're not going away anytime soon. So I think it's important if you know you can't win on the road, you better win these games at home against the better competition because at least you've got that home field advantage, so to speak, and they've really taken advantage of it this season. So keep an eye on this game. Cubs versus Oakland
1: tonight, eight o five start yep. for that one. What's the wind like, Joe? I know it's a night game, so it's not as Yeah, and you know what? It's showing me me
2: blowing in. It's showing me
1: blowing in here uh, tonight. Yeah, it's actually blowing in here. I haven't seen a total up yet. Keep that in mind. But then it's a night game. Not as much of an impact with the weather off the lake as it is during the day at Wrigley. Yep.
2: And then you got i mean, let's face it. You've got the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Red Sox are taking on the Kansas City Royals, Right. Porcello on the mound. Ton of money coming in on the Boston going up against Mike Montgomery and KC. Can we be realistic? Is that a? Is this a must-win game for Boston, Dane are, are on a Monday night? Are we? Can you? Can you afford to go nine zero and nine in your last game? Can you? Yeah.
1: I, you know, I don't like using the term must win when there's still fifty-five games on the schedule. Right. Um, but I understand what you're talking about. You know, they are not they're coming in limping here, they're finally home. What I would say also is like for momentum's sake, if they go ahead and lose this game, what is the right. fan base like what do the fans at Fenway start doing in the seventh yeah, right. inning? You know what wow. I mean? So, like, yep. is it must win from the standpoint of, like, the record and the standings? I'm not willing to go there just yet, Joe. But mm-hmm. from a momentum standpoint, from a fans alienating them, like, what are they going to hear in their park the rest of the homestand if it goes south against Montgomery and the damn Kansas City Royals?
2: Yeah. Listen, man, it's um, they better win. I mean, Yankees, Yankees listen, they Yankees, have owned— They've owned Baltimore, right? So you can ill afford to have a situation where a Kansas City, you got to win that. I mean, Toronto's heading to Tampa. And yeah. really, you're yeah, chasing man, the
1: Yankees have nice
2: little. Uh, right. Yeah, you so better Boston figure better it out. On. Yep, you better figure it out big time. Um, and I know we mentioned the Cardinals taking on the Dodgers earlier. The Dodgers are rolling out something called a Tony Gonsolin, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and Michael Walker will take the mound for the Cardinals. But the way I'm looking at it right now is it opened up minus 170. I, you can get the Dodgers at minus 150 at home going up against a dude who was you know, relegated to the bullpen midseason because he couldn't get anybody out, Michael Walker. Um, you're telling me I can get the Dodgers. I don't Tony Gonsolin or no Tony Gonsolin. Um, I'm getting the Dodgers at home at that kind of price. Uh, I'd be all over the Dodgers here tonight, especially when you're looking at a Cardinals team, not necessarily crushing the ball. Uh, Dodgers like to play at home. So I kind of like that price there, Dane. I'm kind of leaning Dodgers here tonight.
1: That's interesting. When I saw this game and I saw Walker versus Gonsolin, what I thought was the over nine play, Joe, and I understand that the Cardinals maybe aren't hitting it as well, but that's where this kid Gonsolin comes in. Right. And we know the Dodgers can. We know also the Dodgers bullpen has not been the picture of amazingness recently. And, you know. Don't get me wrong, Joe, but my natural default lean is going to be the over. And it's not like this number is 11 or 10 and a half. At nine, um, and you know, maybe even at nine and a half, I'd be a little bit worried. But if I can get the push at nine, I'm kind of leaning. I like this game like you, but instead of the Dodgers, I might lean on the over, Joe.
2: I'm also going to take a uh our, our Mike Minor is back on the mound tonight. Texas uh, at Cleveland. Cleveland is sending Aaron Savale, um, who yeah, Aaron valet. Now, I will say this. Mike Miner, <laughs> his last four starts, uh, I think he's got an ERA close to seven. However, he has in his career kind of dominated the Cleveland Indies. He's been really, really good against Cleveland uh, over his career. And at plus 170, 165, 170, I like Mike
1: Miner, uh, the lefty, to go into Cleveland and take care of business here tonight. Okay, sounds good. Let's yep, see what happens. See. I'll be on uh, in-game live tonight with uh, Gabe yep. monitoring yep. it all. That's what happens, Joe. Catch it up. And, of course, uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 7
2: a.m., making it rain all over again. Morning after on its way with Gabe. We'll be back tomorrow. Good luck tonight, guys. Make it rain.
4: did you miss me
0: here's what you missed on make it rain and I don't
4: want
1: we have seen this with a lot of pitchers that's the way i went and you know joe it's out there to the point where other people on other teams have actually started to question if the astros are cheating because of what is happening with their pitchers and if they're able to you know kind of uh do whatever they do with aaron sanchez also it's uh, very very dangerous for the rest of major league baseball
2: the dude went into that game with, he had the MLB worst 6.07 ERA entering that game. That's what Sanchez yeah. is. And he goes into that game and then he teams up with Will oh. Harris, the other guy he just got traded for, right? Well, along G-D, with right? Danny, right? And then Davinsky come in for an for a no hitter. Yeah. Now, granted, listen, it's. You still got to. You still got to go out. You got to get the outs. You got to get it done. And I get that. And I'm not taking anything away from the Astro, but as a major league, as a professional club, the Seattle Mariners—not once now, but twice in a month—there um, is something serious, wrong, lo- seriously wrong with your organization. It wasn't like they went out and did this against the Yankees or the Red Sox. Like you, you know, this is now the sure. second time we've watched this team do it. And if I'm a Mariners fan, like. It w- I'm done. Like, I am done with this organization going, you don't even have anybody you can bring up in the minors that's going to be able to put the damn bat on the ball and get a hit? I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's hard enough once, congratulations, but twice within a month, Dane, in this era of the juice ball, to me, that's inexcusable as a professional team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's I, I think you're right, Joe. You're absolutely right. But we've seen this from Seattle. We've seen that they were a team that, you know, was mailing it in. They had traded folks away. You know, we knew that they were not a real team that won the first two games in Japan at the beginning of the season. It had everybody hyped up. We knew that about them. I really think the biggest story is the side of the Houston Astros and Aaron Sanchez. Now, Sanchez in 2016, Joe led the American League in ERA at exactly three. He went 15 and two, this guy has Been around, like has been able to do it We've seen it before, then he got Hurt, and you know, I, I really Believe, like people didn't know Garrett Cole They thought he was a, like a, a stud with Potential in Pittsburgh, and then Houston Got a hold of him Okay. If they are able to do the same thing with this 26, 27 year old Aaron Sanchez and then like, you know, find another guy who could all of a sudden be a de facto ace. The rest of major league baseball is in trouble. Yes. Seattle sucks Joe, but I think the storyline in this is Houston. And it's like, here they go again. Everybody, we were deflated when they got Granky, but if they found this kind of diamond in the rough.